Blog Talk Radio. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You have just tuned Blog in to Talk Radio. <laughs> no, she do. Hello. 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 Amen. 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 Bless God. Amen. Yeah, my wife back here laughing. Rob teasing me. <laughs> I know. She's a pro. Don't worry about it. She's, she's trying. But, yeah, you just tuned in to Purpose Kingdom Network, and this is Roundtable Ministry. My name is Elder Lee. And I'm Brother Robert Pop-Pop Hudson. Yes, yes, and we're here. Our subject tonight is, what is it, Rob? It is taking prayer out of schools. Yeah, yeah, that's that's something that, that's something that you know, you hear. People talk about it. They don't talk about it. You know, and I, I think it's, you know, me, me, me and uh, Brother Rob, we was talking, and we think it really needs to be discussed because... Um, Amen. You, you you take away somebody's right when you do that, and it doesn't doesn't make a difference what religion you're in. Everybody pray. Yeah. You know, I don't care. You can be Buddhism. You can be, you know, Seven-Day Adventist. Everybody prays. You know, that's that, that's how Amen. God hears us. You know, that, that's, that's, that's our communication line, and I feel that when you start taking that away from people, you know, that's just like in the day and age now is when we sit up and we talk to our kids and we say we don't take their cell phone. That's their lifeline. That's right. Amen. Amen. You know, so it's, it's kind of it's kind of deep to a point to where people don't really realize that um, they, they hear it and, and then you shrug your shoulders and you, you might say like other things. Well, they stopping this, they stopping that, they messing with Social Security. Uh, it, it, it doesn't really really bother you until it hits home. That's when the, that's when people really realize that, you know, this thing is for real. And um I was reading here, uh, Brother Robin, um Mark ten, thirteen to sixteen and it, it was talking about talking about Jesus and you know you, you know how much he loved the children, right? Amen. Yes I do. He, yeah, he really loved the children. I I, I wanna go on and read this for you if I can. Uh it's Mark yes. ten, thirteen through sixteen and this is in the King James Version. And it says, as written, And they brought young children to him, that he should touch them, and his disciples rebuke those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms and put his hands upon them and blessed them. See, even back then, you know, children meant a lot to Jesus. You know, because he knows Amen. one thing there was a future, you know, but... We we sitting here looking at this whole thing, and, and and I was telling my wife that that I call I call the disciples the government, okay, and they, they they was trying to keep the little kids away from them, you know, get back, you know, keep all your little kids. I, I mean, I, I can picture this, you know, you, you got Jesus up there, he comes into town, and you know, everybody seen Jesus, and they they wanted miracles, they wanted blessings, they just wanted to touch him, talk to him, and the little kids was real enthusiastic and energetic, right? So so they wanted to see him, and as the as the people was bringing their kids up. You got these disciples that that were like bodyguards. You know, no, get your kids back. No, no. And, and Jesus seen that, and he was like, well, hold it, wait. That's why I'm here. 
no, this is the reason why I'm here. He, he, he said, he tells him, he says, suffer the little children to come unto me. He said, forbid them not, let, let them come. And, and, and I could I could just picture now what, what what he's really thinking about this thing about prayer being taken out of schools. Amen. 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 And I think we have uh, Minister Bernard on, and let's see if we can uh, bring him on real quick. Bless God, bless God. Mr. Bernard, are you live? Uh, Can you hear us? I am live. How are you? I can hear you. Amen. Working on Purpose Kingdom Network. How you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Uh, We're blessed. We're blessed. Thanks. Yes, it's a pleasure to have you in, uh, uh, Minister Bernard. Uh, We have the subject this evening, uh, we had the pleasure of talking on the subject of um, taking prayer out of schools. But before before we get into that, I want to let you you know a little bit about Minister Bernard. He's he's one of the ministers that used to preach with me at New Salem Baptist Church. He's, He's a... He's a young minister on fire for God. Amen. 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 He, he's really, he's really out here. He, he started out as a drummer, and, and I always tell him that he started out as a servant, and then he, then he came up to the, to, to the plateau of giving the word of God out. And he, man, he's, 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 he's a young, energetic preacher. Amen. And see, you can't call Amen. everybody preacher. Amen. And so he, when he brings the word, he brings the word. But I just want to let you know that he, he's a. As they say, like in, uh, out in the world, show, show, but he's an up-and-coming minister with a lot of zeal behind him. Amen? And, Amen. and, and I Amen. felt that it was a pleasure that he didn't find it robbery to uh, come on tonight with us and just, you know, discuss with us a little bit about this subject. Amen? Amen. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Amen. Um, to God be all of the glory and nobody Amen. else. Um I just thank God for the opportunity, first of all, uh, just to be on here with you all in fellowship and be able to talk about a topic that uh, is needed to be discussed definitely for this day and time, uh, for the season that we're in, and for um, some of the situations that our youth are dealing with, I think it's definitely needed to be touched on, it's needed to be heard, and understanding um, giving them the understanding of the importance of prayer and why it's so mandatory that we have it. Definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. And, and and the thing that um, I'm going to throw a few things out there so we can discuss them. The thing that was really um, ironic to me, a lot of people, you know, and especially, you know, people that, that are younger and, you know, and I consider my, myself younger because I got a dad that's 95. Okay, so... To him, I'm a, uh, I'm a youngin. But the thing is, is people really think this thing just came about, and, and it didn't. This thing started back in 1963. Remember we were talking about that, Brother Rob? Amen. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it, 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 before 1963, everything was good, you know, but right after 1963, that's when they came out and they decided that they were going to try to take prayer out of school. And, and elderly, let me um, just, you know, for that, that footnote right there where you were saying in, in 1963, right. I, I backtracked exactly the, the moment, you know, when it's happened. It was in 1963, and it was uh, Madeline Murray O'Hare who won a lawsuit right. against the Baltimore school system. And the school system voted 8-1. to one. Now, when you, you know, 
when you go up to a school board and there is a um, a marginal uh, favor of what somebody's proposing, then you know they're going to automatically you know make it you know a ratification, saying you know okay, well we understand that the, you know uh, they take your viewpoint and this is unconstitutional. So right. you know uh, even though that happened in the Baltimore school system. You know, a lot of school systems follow suit when that happened. And that's usually what happens, right. you know, like we call it a domino effect. And mm-hmm. you know, usually when a domino effect is when one falls, you know, the others are followed. Amen. And, and, and like we were talking before, yeah. Brother Rob and uh, Minister Bernard, in 62, it was a, a decision by, by Engel, and vital decision, in the U.S. Supreme Court that prohibited only state-mandated prayer in public schools and classrooms. But see, what the people didn't understand, and that's what we were talking about, uh, Minister Bernard, where a lot of people didn't realize that they didn't really actually take prayer out of schools. They prohibited it. Mm-hmm. And that's why mm-hmm. in public schools it was, it was, like, mandated. What it was was apparently students in the U.S. public schools are free to, and this is what went down when the law came out, they are free to take Bibles or other religious texts with them on the school bus. They were able to pray along or in groups at the flagpole or elsewhere on school grounds. They were able to pray in classrooms outside of regular teaching hours. Plus, they were able to say grace and pray in school cafeterias. So see, somebody, and it's just like they do the, do today, uh, uh, Minister Bernard. They take something and they run with it. Okay, mm-hmm. they heard that. Oh, they taking prayers out of school because they won't let my son pray while you know before he takes his test, or they won't let him pray before he. They didn't say that you couldn't pray in school. They just were saying during school lesson. They didn't want mm-hmm. nobody praying. You know, you, you had certain times that you could pray. So see. They they took a little something, a little molehill, and made it into a mountain, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it and says um, students can wear T-shirts with, with religious texts, you know, on them, and they can wear religious jewelry, buttons, symbols, crosses, you know, stars of David, and students can hand out religious material. So, see, it was up to us the way we, I think, the way we interpret, interpret it. So I'm going to leave that out there. For y'all, just just see, see what you think about it because we interpreted where they can't have prayer in schools. They took it out. Yeah, um, elderly and uh, Minister Bernard. I guess um, this is going to be generally what, I, what the statement I'm going to put out is going to be probably a consensus that okay. uh, like what I basically say. Now we have to understand that this society that we live in right now in the United States um, to the world. Right. You know, we look backwards. You know, the way you know we're you know we're like as far as minorities of the way we're treated. The only way that we have you know advanced forward is when we yeah. took and we turned around. You know, the things that they had put in place, and we let them know that we can have the right to bear arms. You know, uh, right. via the you know, the Black Panther movement, and everybody doesn't understand that. You know. When we find these advantages, you know, we find those through 
lawyers. You know, we don't have brilliant black lawyers or African-American lawyers that are Christian-based. And that's where I see, you know, in our society where uh, we're lacking because we don't have the legal knowledge to know what we can and cannot do. And when, Mm -hmm. like, the Black Panthers, when they took power, and they, you know, they make, they, they make sure that the regular citizens, that anybody else, knew that you can you can bear arms. You can walk around the street with a firearm because you're protecting, you know, um, your neighborhood. You're protecting, you, you know, uh, you know, where whatever sector you're in. And when that happened, that let the, you know, um, the legal system know, and the United States noted that we had to put restrictions on people that actually know the law. And so once it was understood that the common folk of the country or even minorities understood the law and even knew how to enact the law, whereas though they didn't get locked up and things of that nature, that was when uh, we had to, you know, when there's an action, there's a reaction. And then sometimes there's an evolution. Uh, we didn't experience. We have not experienced that evolution where we are as the common people or out there, and we are actually have the knowledge to enact uh, our rights where we can actually, you know, um, let you know the law know or the state or the authorities know that we are within our legal rights, and you know once that we are you know vulnerable in this position. We have no, you know, no choice but to accept what our, our state representatives or, you know, somebody that is uh, actually, what we can say is in charge of, you know, uh, our well-being. And once that happens, right. you know, um, we just have no choice but to believe or accept what they say. And that is where, you know, it, it takes, you know, uh, the young people that's in our, our society to actually uh, be in place where they can actually go to law school, go, you know, go, you know, to somewhere or something similar, whereas though they're actually learning how to empower us, you know, ourselves and also, you know, in, in legal terms, you know, become, you know, uh, lawyers themselves or maybe, you know, uh, Supreme Court justices. So we don't have that in place right now. And that's all I, I just want to leave that right there. And um, I, I'm quite sure uh, Minister Bernard and um, you elderly have uh, something good to say about, you know, what I just stated. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to get a floor to Minister Bernard. Um, I definitely agree. There are areas in our society that we are lacking. And, um, you know, like you were just saying, that we need to identify where we're lacking and address right. those issues. And and some of the things that we are lacking, even is just not the positions, but it's also the lack of confidence. It's also the lack of courageousness that, you know, we can go to these schools and have prayer or we can fight for the right to have prayer in these schools because right. times change. Times change. And, I, and it's, I've learned something today because uh, – uh, Charles spoke on um, that this happened in 1963, and I, I had no clue when it happened. I just knew that I've always heard people talk about it. And um, mm-hmm. 
we really need prayers to be in the schools because that's where our structure comes from. That's mm-hmm. where our strength comes from. That's where our armor comes from. That's, that's mm-hmm. how we get how we get through. And a lot of it, uh, I believe, we have a lot of chaos in the schools today because there's no prayer. That's um, right. And because people, you know, the parents or the chaperones or you know, those that are over the kids are not stepping up and using what God has given us in order for our kids mm-hmm. to act right, or in order to have that structure, or in order, you know, for us to have the opportunity to do the things that we want to do. And I think that was just a, a, real, a real good point that, you know, teaching the youth and bringing them up with a mindset that we need to fill those voids in a society, we need to have, you know, it's not a racial thing, but we need to have people in place who represent what's right, who's willing to fight mm. for what's right, Amen. to get something like prayer back into school, somebody who knows law, who knows the system, who knows society, and knows how to operate in that, um, because everybody has a gift. God right. has given everybody a gift, and someone who knows their gift and is called to that area will definitely know how to operate in that area and and, and know how to function for for uh, prayer to be manifested back into the school system. Amen. Like you say, call Amen. for that area. Right. Amen. But they, they have a Amen. thing here that I was, as we were um, um, doing our investigation, and, you know, it says although these rights are guaranteed, by the U.S. Constitution, they are not necessarily by school officials. And I'm like, wait a minute. When do school officials override the Constitution? I, I was a little wow. confused when, when, I, when I read wow. it. <laughs> Elder Lee, um, yes. while you on that note, we do have um, our very own CEO, uh, Pastor Toy. Uh, she's uh, ready to speak online, so we're going to bring uh, Pastor Toy in, okay? Okay. Oh. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. Praise him, praise him. Y'all know I was coming in on this conversation. Y'all know. I know. I was waiting. First, I want to say that I I agree with what uh, Pastor Bernard and what Brother Rob was saying in reference to the fact that we do not have people taking the time to learn the law so that we have people in place that are willing to fight for us in accordance with the law. However, because I worked in the school system for almost 20 years, and the one thing that I noticed is that a lot of the stuff that I saw other religious groups obtain Mm -hmm. that, that we didn't, as as believers in Christ did not obtain wasn't right. so much because of what the law said, but it was that those groups were demanding their rights under the law. Right. <laughs> Excuse me. They were using it. You yes. were often, right. You will often hear me say, you all have heard me say, I believe that as followers of Christ, somebody needs to let me know when the memo was sent out that we became a bunch of punks. Because yeah, if you have Muslims in the school, they fought in accordance to what the Constitution said. 
well, right. excuse me, they said that as long as it's not during class time, you have to provide me a place if I say I want to come and pray. Amen. Come on. And they, and they would allow them that place to pray. The problem is when a group of believers, Christian believers, would go and make that same statement, who stood behind those young people to back up? what they were saying, whereas with the Islamic children, they knew, oh, they already knew that if these children go home and tell their parents that we did not allow them to pray, all hell is going to break loose on us. But if you told that to a child who believes in Christ, it was like, oh, yeah, they'd be all right. Ain't nobody going to call. Ain't nobody going to say nothing. No repercussions, right? You know, we did not. So a lot of times I can't say that they took it away. We gave it away. That's right. Mm -hmm. We did it as a people. Mm -hmm. When I was in in the school district, um, when they first put me over discipline, I was in charge of in-school suspension. And I had a rule. I played gospels all day in my room. And I would get kids that would come down there, and they would go, Miss Tori, I'm not a Christian. You have to turn that off. You have to turn that off. No, I'm a Muslim. It's against my beliefs. And I would tell them, if you don't want to hear this music, then do what you're supposed to do in your classroom so that you don't have to come down here. But then when one of the adults in the school, one of the children went complaining to another teacher in the school who was of the same faith, and they went to the principal, and they said, well, you can't play that music. I said, okay, well, then there's no music going to be played in the school at all during the day, including what you're listening to now, right? And they said, well, I said, separating the church and state, and that music offends my belief. Mm-hmm. And I will stand my ground, which made them leave me alone. But mm-hmm. what I'm saying is it's a shame that we have to fight that fight and nobody's willing to fight it. We leave our children to fight it by ourselves, by themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. We uh, I'm going to shine some light on that uh, separation mm-hmm. of uh, church and state that you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you got a lady that, you know, like I said, we did a lot of, you know, a lot of research, and you got a lot of people that was putting the research out. One of them's name was Carol Brooks. And Carol Brooks, said, this is her statement. She said, I've been... I've been in this country for 12 years, and I have never, it's never ceased to be shocked and amazed me at the number of Americans who still fall for the stale and completely insane separation of church and state argument. It is even mm-hmm. worse to so many that actually believe this phase is part of the Constitution. It's not. It's no way in there. And, and, and if you if you go look today, it's not in there, even in the pocket one. That's right. It's supposed to explain that. So if it isn't in the Constitution, where does this phrase separation of church and, st- church and state come from? Now, she said it is taken from an exchange of letters between President Thomas Jefferson and the Baptist Association of Dansbury, Connecticut, shortly after wow. Jefferson became president. The concern of the Dansbury Baptist was that the government might someday attempt to regulate religious expression. But as it turned out, Thomas Jefferson had no intentions of allowing the government to limit, restrict, regulate, or interfere with public religious practice. He believed along 
with the fellow founders of the First Amendment had been enacted only to prevent the federal establishment of national determinations. In fact, they make it clear in the letter that says that for the First Amendment, freedom of speech. So the separation of church and state was just a letter between two organizations with the president. So mm-hmm. that's not even a statement that's in the Constitution. So, and it's like you said, it's, it's not one that's in the Constitution, but it's one that is used and thrown around, and it's usually right. thrown around to make us back down from what it was, is that we're asking to do. And what I'm saying is we have to get to a place where we begin. And you know what? Sometimes it's not even where we need legal people to learn it for. We just need to open a book and read. Yeah. To read. Like, we need to read for ourselves. Come on. Come on. Because every time when I just said church and state, it was because I used the game that they played against them just like members of the Islamic faith does, just like members of the Jewish faith does. Jesus Christ said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar and God unto God. So, therefore, that means I'm supposed to take their law, step out on faith, know that favor is going before me, and proclaim what your law says to obtain that which God said I can have. Problem is, there's nobody willing to fight for it. Amen. But but the same, you know, Pastor Toy, the same people, I'm going to give you a couple of phrases they got, the same people, they're trying to, you know, get us to, like you said, scared to where we don't want to pray. And they give you these, these indications where you can, but like you said, we didn't use them. But I'm going to show you how they use them every day. Each day's session of the Supreme Court started with an invocation. God save the United States and this honorable court. The national mm-hmm. anthem is what? The Star Spangled Banner contains what word? Praise, power, and it made it prevents in the nation. The, the national motto is, in God, it don't say in we the trust. government, in God we trust. Y'all have to call it The Pledge of Allegiance to the flag contains the word, one nation under God, God. indivisible, with liberty and justice. Amen. Amen. Do, do we have any callers on the line, Rob? Uh, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Pastor Tori, just stay right there. Um, I'm just going to bring uh, a caller right now. And caller, you're on right now with Roundtable Ministries with Elder Charles Lee and me, Brother Robert, Pop Pop Hudson, and we do have our special guest, uh, Minister Bernard. Good afternoon. Oh, good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? All right. How are you doing this evening? Good. I'm okay, thank you. Uh, My name is Antonia Betts, and... um, I just wanted yeah. to let you know that um, I'm definitely up on the subject of separation of church and state. Um, I recall doing a show one evening regarding that, and um, I'm only saying that because the woman who actually started it, um, if I'm not mistaken, it was back in the 60s, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. or the early 70s, um, she was a person who had a history of being uh, uh, an atheist. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she has the right to choose what she wants to do, but it, when it affected the separation of uh, prayer being sent out of the public schools, um, mm-hmm. that, of course, we know how that just upset a lot of people. Over the years, mm-hmm, over the years, a lot of people, especially amongst the urban communities, say, 
uh, you know, just people in general, the reason why these kids are the way they are because they don't allow church prayer in the school, rather. And so I, I, I understand what they're saying, but what do you do when they don't allow it? Do you go to Washington to lobby to have it be re, um, replaced, especially since the um, Pledge of Allegiance have been thrown out, no thanks to her as well, uh, because of uh, that one clause about uh, mentioning God? Or do you um, find alternate routes of getting to the kids, maybe having uh, clubs that will allow the kids to join after-school clubs regarding a religious, uh, or at least, if not that, um, at least the opportunity to honor God and Jesus. And if they join, they join. If they don't, they don't. That way they won't have to be accused of uh, meditation being removed so everybody can quietly pray or at least just meditate because then there's an issue that was brought up about meditation being a form of prayer uh, even or just having a quiet moment. It has really been um, a very big topic uh, over the years. She had two sons. One son, uh, she she was very dysfunctional, uh, according to the Wikipedia. She was very dysfunctional, and she also contributed to a lot of disarray that went on in the family. One son, he was him and his daughter. They were along with that woman in the end, captured and killed probably by a fanatic who didn't want to feed into what she had to offer. The other son, who was an atheist also, he had um, a very dramatic experience to make him see the light, and he wound up turning to God. And as a result, he's living in a peaceful community now, uh, and in more so in peace because, after all, you know, he she, she was very unkind to her kids. So don't need to go to show you that, as they say, the devil must have got hold of her, and it went down through her children. But one was able to be saved. Uh, so with that being said, um, if you cannot get it reauthorized through government, there's ways that you can at least present to some of the kids uh, during after-school hours, maybe off the premises, clubs or at the rec centers, or you can have uh, an encouragement through just people uh, going out to, you know, um, reach people through the streets in the church to try to let people understand that despite the rules within the school system, that there is a God and how you plan to get your message out of it. So thank you very much for hearing me out. Let me shine a little light on the thing that you were talking about, about the um, form of the Bible study club. Mm-hmm. That, that is covered mm-hmm. by the government, and it's covered by the government under the federal Equal Access Act Law of 1984. So, so see, oh. they can start a club, you know, after school, so they can have a Bible club, Bible study. See, what, what Pastor Toy was saying a little earlier, because I don't know if you, you know, I don't know when you, I don't know when you came in, but in certain areas that even when they passed this, that they said kids could pray, but we got to a point to where, you know, they just stopped praying. Period, because, you know, they told them they couldn't pray during class hours. But they they had mm-hmm. other times that they could pray. They could pray. Um, they could bring textbooks on you know on, on onto the buses. They can pray by the flagpole. They can play in this classroom, but not during the regular school hours. 
You know, mm-hmm. and, and not out loud. They could do lunches. They they can have you know say grace at lunch and pray during lunch. There were certain times we could do it, but we had to be able to want to do it. You know. Yeah. But see, if, if if you give me a little inch, and then I get in there, we'll figure other ways out of expanding it. But see, they got to the point, I guess, where they got frustrated, to where they were saying, no, they took it out. They didn't completely take it out. They just limited us where we could do it. But and I, I want to thank you for calling, Antonio. We we have another caller on the line. And I, I appreciate mm-hmm. your comments tonight. Uh, actually, Elderly, that that caller, um, they they hung up. I guess they were uh, pressed for time. But you know, we can go at, go back and uh, you know uh, dive into uh, what we were talking about earlier. And you know, uh, we 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 bless God for um, you know everybody that has uh, commented, and um, we also are blessed to have uh, Minister Bernard. And uh, I know yeah. you briefly. Uh, you know, spoke about uh, Minister Bernard, but uh, Mr. Bernard, um, at this time, yeah. while we are here, uh, you know, broadcasting here at, um, you know, Purpose Kingdom Network, and we're broadcasting on www.blogtalk.com backslash Purpose Kingdom Network, and if you are listening online, you can call in at 323-870-4174, and Minister Bernard, can you uh, tell us where you fellowship at? I fellowship at New Salem Baptist Church, which is in the heart of North Philly, uh, between 22nd and 23rd of Cecil B. Moore Avenue on Crosky Street. And my pastor is Pastor Robert T. Moore, Jr. and First Lady Tona Moore. And our mission statement is to reach the next generation with the love of Christ through regeneration, restoration, and edification and to enjoy the experience. Amen. 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 And Minister Bernard, Minister Bernard, I I, I yes, thank sir. you. And uh, before the end of the show, I wish you could eloquently uh, repeat that before we end our broadcast. Okay. I sure will. All right. I and sure uh, so we're gonna go back into our our ministry and uh, elderly lead us the way. Okay. Yeah. And. Yeah, and did you want to did you want to uh, respond a little bit on that, uh, Bernard? Um, and I, I just to uh, with Pastor, um, I'm sorry, Pastor Troy is that his name? Pastor Troy. Uh, uh, yeah, yes, Pastor. Yeah, Pastor Troy. Troy. Okay, excuse me. Um, yeah, just what you were saying. A lot of times we are too accepting, meaning that we right. accept any and everything, and that mm-hmm. when somebody says something that's yeah, that's okay. You know, they say we can't do it so that we can't do it. And we can't, we got to change our mindset. You know, Romans twelve two, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And it starts Amen. with our mindset. It starts with building ourselves up and building Christ up more that, you know, we can be confident. We can fight and be bold to get prayer back in the schools so that we can structure our children, so that we can have that covering. But, but I'm, a, I'm a little churchy, so, I mean, the enemy ain't going to stop us from praying anyway. So, Amen. you know, we want to continue to pray, but we also got to just stand firm on God's word. Mm-hmm. And in God's word, it says the government shall sit upon his shoulders. So God got control over everything. And no matter what people say, no matter... Uh, uh, what they try to stop, we can always step up to the plate and do things appropriately and take those initiatives and meet with who we have to meet with 
and make the calls that we have to call and having that right. strong faith, knowing that when we step up to the plate and we represent God in a way that he's called us to, anything is possible. Amen, amen. amen. And, and one thing I, I found out, uh, Bernard and uh, Rob, that the elimination of the prayer out of schools, it, it took the fear out of God out of us. Amen? Uh-huh. And see, we, we, we yeah. need to have that symbolized around because the fear of God, it, I mean, it, 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 it gives you that, that spiritual consciousness. And when yeah. they took that out, that, 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 led to, that led to increasing crime. It led to venereal diseases, prenatal sex, marriages, yeah. suicide, drug use, public corruption. Uh, it, it just it, it just started a big it, it, it opened a whole bunch of doors that, you know for for things to come in because see the devil don't come in the front door he like come in the back door so see what we did when we left that back door unguarded and open because prayer wasn't mm-hmm. there everything came in yeah you know yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that was crazy because they they, they have statistics here about yeah. uh, about young people it breaks it down it says for 15 years. Before 1963, pregnancies in girls ages 15 through 9 had been no more than 15 per thousand. But after 1963, pregnancies increased to 187% in the next 15 years. And that's, that's like, you know, and then it tells you for young girls ages 10 to, 10 to 14 years old, pregnancies since 1963 are up. Five hundred and fifty three percent. That is so, wow. Yeah, so when we left that back door open mm-hmm. it just, it, 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 and you know he's a deceiver, Bernard, and he just snuck back in there because we so involved in that front door that when the government said what they said, we got so upset about well, I, I don't want to pray at no flagpole, you know, I don't want to pray after class is over. But see, God say pray without ceasing. So see, like you said, they really didn't stop us, God. We, we stopped ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And you know, so after all this, he we always stopped ourselves. Find, he always got to find a little Open the back door. Some, some, yeah. some, some kind of way. It ain't got to be the back yeah. door. It could be the side door. It could be the, the door you forgot to bolt down. But um, yeah. Pastor Tori, are you there? Sure. I'm here. I just want to share this thought, and then I'm gonna jump back out y'all's way. When you look at what's going on, and, and I'm going to say this and understand, I'm, I'm going to take full weight of this. This What I'm about to say is not necessarily the thought of any of Purpose Kingdom Network hosts or our guests, but it is definitely my personal belief. See, I believe this was the grand scheme of things because they fought okay. to take prayer out of schools, and now they're fighting to put Bibles in prisons. Well, how about we got that backwards? If we put prayer back in the schools, we may not have to put Bibles in the prisons because there may not be so many folk in the prison right. system. Hey, come on with it. Come but on. But as my mother used to say, love you, Mom, Gloria Daly, as my mother would say, Slavery has not been eradicated. It has not been abolished. It's been redeformed, redefined. So we're not on the cotton field anymore. We're in the jail cell. We're in the prison house. 
making manufacturers because now they have privatized most prisons and they're seeking to do more. So now are we as a people, not just as a color of people, not just as African Americans or Native Americans or whites or purple or whoever, whatever race we are, but we as a human being are worth more money in the prison than we are worth out in the streets as a free person. So they want to put the Bibles in the prison so that once they have us, they can keep us, but now they need to figure out how to get God back into us so that they can control and maintain us. When if you allow God in us before we get there. You're right. Again, it didn't say that we couldn't. Couldn't. The problem in this particular situation, and I I sort of hate that I'm getting ready to say this, is not the government. It's us. Mm -hmm. We're not fighting for it. We limited ourselves. We're accepting what they're saying. Mm -hmm. I used to, when I first started wearing my hair, my head covered, I was working at a high school, and I remember getting called into the office and being told that I could not wear a scarf to work. And I explained to them, well, I'm not wearing this because my hair is not done. As you see, I have it veiled. I don't have it completely covered. I said, but I'm wearing this because God has begun to deal with me, and as as, as my faith, I need to keep my head covered. You can't wear that here. I said, okay, fine. So what I need you to do before I take this off is you need to call every Islamic woman in here that's garbed up and tell them to take it off. Hello. Then I'll take mine off. If you challenge them back on what they're throwing at you Mm -hmm. and stand firm on God's word, you're not standing by yourself. It's already the law. It's our right. He said it wasn't going to come back for you. Come on. So, again, the problem's not the government in this case. The problem is us. We've become a bunch of punks. Sorry to keep saying it, but we have. And and we're settling. We're settling. You're right. And then the ones who aren't scared to stand up, when they attempt to stand up, no one wants to stand up with them unless it affects them directly. Directly, yeah. Forgetting and that then the ones that try to stand up with them Christ, to get ridiculed. Right. You know, but we you, forget you, you that as the body of about, Christ, if the foot is injured, the whole body is injured. Yeah, you're right. Because I'm, I'm so still I'm, trying to I'm figure out how did they close all these schools in Philadelphia? They, 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 they got on the outskirts of Philly. I'm trying to remember the number now. Don't get, you know, charge it to my head, not my heart. I think it's like a $40 million prison they're trying to build. Mm-hmm. Look at all these schools they closed. Now, Where did you schools, think they were going to get the money to build the prison? Come on. Come on. They closed the, right the school. They closed yeah. the school so they could fund the building of the prison. And they yeah, closed because- it in confidence because they know that with these children uneducated or all jammed into a classroom together, they will not they become what they consider functioning, and because they're not functioning, now they have no choice but in their prayers and hopes is to turn to something illegal so that they can find a way to have them. Amen. Okay, for just just one second. Now, 
Now, right there at that point right there, I just want everybody to take a snapshot of what was just said. Now, what was just said was there are less schools. Now, if everybody remembers, if everybody remembers way back, not even 10 years, about 10 years, when the permit for Sugar House was to be built, it was Mm -hmm. money generated for schools, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Now, okay, now Sugar House generates a lot of business. All right, now, we're going to come forward just a little bit. Okay, now, we are going to go to where they had, I think, two-plus years ago, they had the cigarette uh-huh. tax, where it's $2 per pack of cigarettes in Philadelphia. Right. And this was also for the schools. Okay, and okay, then one so more. Now, okay, so now one more is the sugar tax. Sugar tax, that's right. Okay, Come now. Come on. My thing is, now you're taxing a uh, sugar tax. Right. For sugar-sweetened drinks for the children. And we have more kids. Right here, we are the number five-rated city in the nation with kids right. with diabetes. So now that now we are generating all this money now from the casinos to the cigarettes, mm-hmm. and I don't see nobody not going to the casino. I see mm-hmm. more people smoking. I see more people buying cigarette packs. I'm not seeing people buying Lucy's. They're buying cigarette packs. I go to the store. I'm waiting for guys fishing for coins. They're going, oh, let me go back back out to the car. Oh, oh, I didn't know. I forgot about the, the tax. Oh, okay, oh, let me get my 40 cent or whatever. And with the sugar tax, same thing. After a while, I'm mm-hmm. not going to buy a soda or whatever. You're seeing more people with sodas. Oh, you know what? Let me up it. Yeah, let me up it. Big gulp. Super gulp. Or whatever. Upsize at McDonald's or wherever. They're raking in dollars, and it's supposed to be for right. schools. Where are the people that are supposed to be in place to make sure that money's going there? There is nowhere in the world. There's people. There's guys standing out right now in the corner. You give a guy a hundred dollar bill to stand there. I'm a homeless vet. I need money. I need food. You give him a hundred dollar bill. I guarantee you, you won't see him standing there in the corner the next day. Because you know why? He's going to That's maximize right. that $100. So guess what? We're getting taxed. We're getting all this. And guess what? They're taking money from us, and we're letting them. And it's going because in Because you pocket. know why? There's nobody that understands all the dollars are actually going. There's nobody actually sitting there filtering through and shifting through where right. how the dollars end up. We need that. We need someone to understand the way things are running. If we don't, check, check. we are just, we're, we're, we're caught up in the matrix. You might as well just say, you know, like the movie Matrix, no matter what you're doing. Can I interject? Yes. Hey, um, may, I, may I interject real yes, quick? Yes, I'm sorry. I just want to say once again, and I agree with what you're saying, but 
what I disagree on is we don't need someone to understand. We need to understand. We got to stop true. waiting for somebody else to do what we need to be doing. We're waiting for someone to fight the battle when it's a battle that we are more than equipped to fight ourselves. If we stand up, just like with prayer, with like the schools and the taxes, we don't need someone to go into City Hall and say, okay, what's going on with the money? We need to all meet down at City Hall and say, excuse me, y'all, um, excuse me, where's all the money that y'all taxed us for before? You know, Amen. sugar house, the, the cigarettes, you know, y'all said that was going to get us out of debt, and last time I looked at the last news report, we still in debt, and y'all about to tax us again. Can someone show me where the money is? Show me the money. Amen. We don't need somebody to tell us to do that. We need to go and do hey. it. City council meetings are open. They're yeah. open meetings. Yep. I know. Yep. So I know. we I just need to go, yep. and not just one person go, but we need to go. The city needs, the community needs, the parents need, especially parents of school children, we need to go. Where's the money? And don't sell us no crap about last year's bills. That's right. Where's the money? And it's that simple. But because we won't do it and we keep waiting for somebody else to step up and do it, that's why we keep falling. That's why we keep falling short. That's how come they got away with making us believe that you couldn't pray in school. Amen. You know what, Pastor Tori? Could I interject here for a minute? You know what, Pastor Tori? Thanks so much for for just even, you know, reminding me, especially the way I, I phrase it. It's because, you know, sometimes we don't understand, like, uh, you know, sometimes we know and say, well, I'm, I specialize in this or I'm good with this or I'm good with that. Sometimes we actually actually have to step out of our character to understand understand something. We might have to mm-hmm. venture into something that we don't normally do, but it will benefit everybody. And, mm-hmm. you know, another thing I, I step out of character is the, the, the time it is tonight. And uh, we have Minister Bernard, and, and Minister Bernard, around this time we um, offer the, the the call of salvation. And cool. we do the call of salvation. It's, it's like an altar call. And uh, Minister Bernard, yeah. I, I think I'd be honored if you would do the call of salvation for us tonight. And then we'll, you know, after you do the call of salvation, okay. uh, we can get back to our program. And um, don't forget how you eloquently uh, spoke about, you know, um, where you uh, fellowship at. Uh, I would like to for you to do that before we end the show. You got it. Um, in the Bible, John twenty thirty one says, "But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, and He is the Son of God, and believing that ye might have life through His name." And we just want to open the doors, or just present this opportunity for somebody to call in and just accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Uh, the Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For he came not to condemn the world, but to save the world. And I'm a firm witness that falling in love with Jesus is the best thing that you can, best decision you can ever make in your life. 
and and we want to just present this opportunity for somebody just to accept the Lord Jesus Christ, accept him into your heart, let him be Lord over your life, let him handle all your situations, all your problems, all your circumstances, let him lead you in the right direction. He's waiting for you with open and loving arms. And we who are on here tonight are waiting for you in that same way where we can love on you, care for you, and help you go spiritually as well. So if that's you, if you want to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, Psalm 34, verse 8 says, O taste and see that the Lord is good and blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Try God for yourself, and I guarantee you it will be the best decision you've ever made in your life. God bless you. Once again, I'm from New Salem Baptist Church. Uh, 1721 North Crossy Street, Philadelphia, PA, uh, between 22nd and 23rd East Street, Moore Avenue. My pastor is Pastor Robert T. Moore, Jr., First Lady Tona Moore, and our mission statement is to reach the next generation with the love of Christ through regeneration, restoration, and edification, and to enjoy the experience. Amen. Woo! That's right. I can't forget that. <laughs> Amen. 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 Thank hey, you hey, 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 take this thing home, Rob, to where um, I, I was uh, doing some research and come to find out that one out of every ten students in the city of Philadelphia drop out of public school in a single year. That's wow. a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Did, did we have any more callers on the line, Rob? Uh, we don't have any callers right now, so um, you know we just gonna go ahead and um, you can go ahead and give us that information, uh, elderly. Okay, and um, it, it, it just it broke it down so so well to where it talks about how it affected the the young people, the family. It, the way it said taking prayer out of school affected the family was before 1963, divorce rates had been declined for 15 years, but after 1963, divorce rates increased 300% each year for the next 15 years. Then it says, since 1963, unmarried people living together is up 353%. Single-parent families are up 140%. Single-parent families with children are up 160%. So I mean, it was it was like a snowball effect, you know. And a lot of people look at it and say, "Oh, well, they just took it out of school. It doesn't mean nothing, really, you know." But the thing is, is one thing, and the the, the example I give you is, you know, being in law enforcement, these people can give you one charge, and 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 fifteen charges come out of that. And that's the same thing with this right here. We figured, okay, it's okay because we're going to teach our kids to pray before they go to school. No. We just took fellowship and out of the church, I mean out of the schools. Because if I can't get my child to sit down and pray with another one, fellowship just went right out the door. You know, and and I learned with my daughters they, they you know, I call them my mind knowing it little angels to where when they were younger and then Bernard can can tell you how how kids do. They'll walk up on people sometimes and just give you a hug. You know, and, and see that's not learned by not having prayer in school and, and take them to, to, to church on Sundays and Sunday school and Bible Bible study, all that goes together. 
You know, yeah. so we don't want, you know, we teach them this stuff in, in church, but see, they got to have some way they got to take it. And they spend more time in school than anywhere else. We, we're yeah. literally in that, that Proverbs 22 6 era. That's where we're at. Got to right. train them up. Train up a child the way you should go. When you get old, should not depart from it. You know, these kids, some of you, you'd be surprised that, you know, it's not that these kids don't want structure. They just don't have it. And 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 a lot of the parents or a lot of the teachers or those, you know, those mentors, some of them are not stepping up as they should. And some, right. of, these, some of these youth, you'd be surprised, some of these youth, all they want is direction. They are yearning for structure, for direction, somebody who they can go to and talk to or somebody who's going to stay on top of their case. But because they don't have, you know, not all kids are, are in this predicament, but because some of them don't have that structure and they don't have those parents who will stay on top of them or, you know, uh, I hear a lot of people say this generation ain't scared. You know, uh, when we were growing up, we were scared. We had our parents. We had the elders in the church. And, and, and you know, a lot of these, this generation, they're very bold. And, um, you know, they just need that structure. They need that guidance. And they need to really have an understanding of what love is um, and, and what it means to really be who you are to be different, to be right. curious, to stand out, and to do right, you know? And, and and not be ashamed of the God that you serve. Exactly. Not be ashamed. I told the kids that Sunday, you are amazing. And be right. you. Always be you. Never be ashamed to be you. Be who God called you to be. Do what God called you to do. And, and just never be ashamed about it. Because God is always with us. He always has us covered. And, and I always say, when God steps in, there's nothing the enemy or anybody else can do about it. You know, so... Right. Uh, and it, it, and it, it's, it's, it's with the youth, but it's going to take mm-hmm. us to step up as well. It's going to take the adults. It's going to take these mentors. It's going to take those in leadership, those in ministry. We all got to right. step up and take the initiative and stop being scared, you know. And Amen. Take us to the next level. And be extremely bold and be extremely but, courageous. That's right. Well, as mm-hmm. Christians anyway, we're supposed to dare to be different, like you said. You know, and, and right. one thing I learned through all the years of being in ministry is, is some things that you that you do, and you're going to have to do them because you, you, you're led by God to do them. You're not going to always be liked. You know, people are not going to always smile in your face and say, you're not going to always be welcome. So, yes. you know, when you're doing, doing the, will, the will of God, it doesn't really matter. You know, because God's going to get it through you or whoever else he needs to get it through. So, see, why not be obedient to the word? Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Because I, I know, like I say, you know, uh, Minister Bernard is telling, you know, he's telling the truth about us. You know, we got to stand up and be bold. But the thing is, is we got to talk amongst ourselves, too, to, you know, God always had a plan. You know, he's like they say the ram in the bush, he always had a ram. But, but we have to, instead of everybody going in different directions, we need to become together as a unit. Yeah. To where we can all have the same mind. That's just like you, you know. You remember how it was, Bernard, when you you go and you had the pastor a vision, and everybody mm-hmm. supposed to that vision. That's the exact same thing when we go and head up these schools and, and and go down like Pastor Tory was saying, the Sugar House and all these other people that are supposed to be collecting the money for the schools. Why aren't these schools open back up? 
I, I don't understand it. I know the money's still being collected. You know, that's the right. Tax, that's right. The, 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 the tax on oh, yeah. cigarettes, you know, all that stuff is still being collected. So why haven't we reopened any more schools? Why are we focusing on prisons? Because, you know, we want to incarcerate the, the, these young, intelligent men. And I don't care what color they are. You know, we, we, right. we're not seeing color right now. The main thing is, I mean, we know we, we, you're going to look out for your own race, but the thing is, that's men of all colors, okay? Young men that, that, that are lawyers, doctors, you know, you, you know, scientists, whoever's coming along, and all of a sudden you want to start stifling these people because you're letting them know that we're going to take, we're going to close your schools, we're going to cram you up, just like Pastor Tory said. We're going to cram you together. You'll get tired of coming. You know, the teachers are burdened down because they got more people to teach now. they got more people to look at in, in, in the classroom. So that puts a burden on them. Now you got teachers quitting, then you got substitutes coming in trying to be full-fledged teachers. Mm-hmm. You know, so so we're, we we can't win for losing. So like like Pastor Toy said, we have to step up and take the initiative to say, look, That's right. this is not it, this can't keep happening. It can't keep happening because we we sitting here we listen. Right. Our kids are being uneducated. You know, you 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 feeding them a whole lot of stuff of you can't do this. So why don't you go down and get on welfare, get food stamps, do this. No, but then they tell you, if you do this and do that, you make too much money for that. Okay, I want to get on this, this program. So we, we, we got to give them the right information because, you know, if, if, they don't, if they're not led in the right direction, and if we don't teach them, the streets will. Amen? Just yes. like they stepping up. Amen. Yeah. Just like they stepping up, we got to step up, you know. Yeah. And that's key. We, too, you know, we, we accept too much. That when they say something, they say, "Okay, cool. That's that's what it is." No, we got to step up too, as you said. You know, live and be bold. That okay, y'all gonna close one school? We gonna fight to get it back open up, or we gonna fight to open up another school? You know what I mean? Right. You know, we gonna fight to have some programs, or we gonna open up some more boys and girls clubs, or some mentor programs, or something. You know, every time they move, we gotta move, and that's and that's how that's Amen. we gotta learn how to move. We got to learn how to move with God as well, because the other thing is God is showing us so much, so much, and, and a lot of us haven't even moved on what God has shown us to do. So Amen. That's Amen. That we're lacking. So, you know, we got to move. When God moves, we got to move. And Just God like is this. not going to let His kingdom be torn down. He's not going to let us be defeated. He's not going to let us be destroyed. None of that. So we just have to be focused. And, and, you know, build our confidence up and say, you know what, God got me. And, and whatever God says we can do, we can do it. We can do it. And we Amen. can make a better environment for you. Brother Rob. Amen. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, hey, Brother, Brother Rob, we, we, got, we got a treat tonight. Pastor Toy still on? Uh, yeah, but hold on. Before we um we do anything else, I just want everybody to know that we're, we're moving on to archives. And anybody listening online, uh, if you want to continue listening to us, you can uh, – Dial in on your phone at 323-870-4174 because we're going into archives and our online listeners, um, if you want to continue listening, just call that number, which is 323-870-4174. And I'm going to just uh, make a couple of brief announcements, and then we'll bring Pastor Toy on. And um, tomorrow night uh, we're going to have uh, Warriors of Christ with uh, Dominique Hudson, which is going to start at 9 p.m. Hey. tomorrow. Hey. And hey. same number, call in. Three two three eight seven zero four one seven four. You can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. And Minister Bernard, you're welcome to listen in. As a matter of fact, uh, Minister Bernard, uh, 
you are you're welcome Amen. here at Purpose Kingdom Network. Um, we can send you a, consider you a Kingdom citizen, and anybody want to contact Amen. us here at Purpose Kingdom Citizenship Network. That's right. Uh, you can I contact us at PurposeKingdomNet at gmail dot com. You can also uh, go on our Facebook page, which is Purpose Kingdom, and you can you know put posts up there. You can uh, let us know how we're doing. You can send prayer requests. Or just you know, just generally let us know how we're doing. You can also hit up a, hit us Instagram or Twitter at purpose underscore kingdom. And um, so we're going to see uh, Elder Lee. See if we can bring uh, Pastor Tori on. Yeah, pa- Pastor Tori, because yeah, we 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 got uh, we got a surprise for her tonight. Okay, I'm here. here we go. Pastor Tori. I'm here. Yes. Yeah, we 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 got your favorite young lady tonight. She's gonna she's gonna render us a selection. Uh, oh my God. Yes, that co- coincides with, with the show. Amen. And now I'm, I'm going to turn Amen. it over to my daughter, Laura Lee. Yeah, Laura. Laura. Yeah. Amen. Amen. 
gives he gives us a choice, and you're not about to try to take my choice away from me. Come on. Okay, Dad, tell me who they talking to, okay? Dad, did you hear it? <laughs> you heard from me, okay? Won't he do it? Won't he? That's Amen. all. Amen. 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 I just want to... Uh, Amen. Hey, how the minister Hey, Bernard. Hey, Lord. How you doing? I'm good. How you doing? Good, good, good. Great job good. singing. Thank you. I was trying. You know, just was trying. <laughs> but, but yeah, I just want to want to thank uh, Minister Bernard again tonight for, like I said, not not wow. the Robert coming to join us. Thank you. Know. you. And thank did you. he uh, have something to say before we go on and, and wrap this thing up? No, I'm good, man. Um, just thank you all for the opportunity just to be able to come on here and fellowship with you all. And uh, let's be I always yeah. tell people, remember the three Ps, keep pressing, keep praising, and keep praying. Keep pressing Amen. towards God, Amen. keep praising his holy name, and keep praying until something happens, knowing that uh, with God, we're, we're covered. God got us. God bless you all. And, I, uh, and I'll continue to keep this ministry in prayer. I believe and know that God is going to... God is going to do some great things uh, through Amen. you all, and uh, God bless you. And like, like Brother Rob told you, uh, Bernard, you welcome anytime because we'll, we'll be posting up when uh, Round yes. Table Ministries come yes. on. But I mean, you you're welcome in any other ministries because we have the Turning Point with me and me and uh, my uh, wife Maureen, the uh, couples ministry. Okay. She has Door to the Roof, you know. So anytime during this week, because we, I mean, we're on every night. So, you know, whenever you feel the urge of, you know, when you're home, you got your Bible and you just want to go in and get into a good conversation, just call the number up. Sure, sure. Thank hey, you man, so I much. Amen. I want to appreciate you too, Rob, because, uh, you know, the, without you and Pastor Toy, you hear the song, There's No Me Without You? Hey, amen, amen. And y'all do such a oh, great man. job on the, in the background <laughs> thanks, on, thanks, on, thanks, on the sports. Thanks, thanks so much, elderly. You know, you, thanks, you and Pastor so Toy, y'all, y'all keep this thing going and, we we just want to uh, send our appreciations again for letting us come on. Excuse me, Miss Lee. Three hundred and what episode? And this and we this was the three hundred and seventeenth episode of Perfect Kingdom Next. Congratulations. Amen. Bless God. Bless God. Bless God. And we just want to go on and sign this thing off and just let you know that God loves you and give somebody a hug and a kiss today because that might be the only one that they get. Amen. 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 Hallelujah.